<laughs> what up, y'all? <laughs> it's your boy. Uh, man, that was the most imperfect time ever. It's your boy, the one and only Ace Twitch, <coughs> aka uh, the coronavirus container, <laughs> aka the 180 times social distance champion, aka the most magnificent pretty boy without the pretty. Ugh. Bringing you yet another episode of Switch of Sites, episode 75 to be exact. Um, a gaming podcast about just that. Uh, today's date is October 1st, 2020. Man, time is flying. <laughs> it's spooky season already. Um, we already scared because of this pandemic. So, I mean, we don't really need anything else, you know? So I'm scared enough, you know, I'm scared enough about getting infected with this virus. I probably have, I'm not sure. <laughs> I had to get it out. Sip more water. Ugh. Ugh. Okay, I'm sorry. <coughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um This week has been pretty interesting. Nothing necessarily too like astounding, but um interesting week either way, you know. Um just to start off and uh stop the dilly dallying and get right into it. Um just to cover a little bit of the what <laughs> runoff, I guess that's for lack of a better term from a Tokyo game show last week, uh, wasn't necessarily anything necessarily groundbreaking that was revealed, uh, at that show. I know there was rumors about Yakuza, uh, the next Yakuza game being announced, but apparently I guess that was canceled or somebody reverted on that and saying that, Oh no, we're not actually announcing anything. So that was a little weird, but okay. <laughs> um, with that as well, uh, resident evil, uh, they did show, uh, I guess, or reveal more details about resident evil, resident evil, um, eight, but again, nothing necessarily too astounding. I know they hinted at some rumors about there possibly being a, Possibly being a, um, them, uh, what, what's the term for like backwards porting? I just, I guess just porting, porting the game to, uh, previous gen consoles, PS4, Xbox one. Uh, but they still seem like they were kind of in the air about that still. So I was like, uh, okay. Either way, um, there was that. And what else? Devil May Cry. They had some, uh, some minor details. Like I know they announced turbo mode, which is at least to be expected considering all their other previous, um, special edition versions of Devil May Cry. Um, what else? I think that was it. I think that was the only revelatory 
Um, the only revelatory, like, news we didn't know before necessarily um, that I could think of. Outside of that, everything was pretty much hunky-dory, same old, same old. Uh, but at least some minor standout details. The first is uh, they did announce Resident Evil is uh, on on top of the CGI. No, on top of the, the I think the real time, realistic TV show regarding Resident Evil coming out. Uh, there also is going to be a new CGI movie along the lines of Resident Evil Desperation, Den Degeneration, uh, dig me down three times. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> That's probably a porno. If we, if we're probably going to be honest, somebody was probably creative, creative enough to think about that, but I digress. Um, yeah. Resident Evil infinite darkness, which, uh, will star Leon Kennedy and Claire, Re- Re- Claire, Re- Claire, Redfield, Claire Redfield, uh, yet again, uh, I've, they need to stop closely naming these because yeah, there's degeneration. Did did I want to say deception, but I know that's not one. Uh, regeneration or so I don't know. But basically, I think the last one was with Leon and Claire. I think. Let's let's fact check. Let's do some live fact checking right now. Just to be safe. just to be safe. Okay. So, uh, I wish there was a wiki specifically. I think these are in chronological order. 2012, 2008, And twenty fifteen. <clears throat> so I believe the order. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah, so there's <coughs> technically three CGI movies, not including this new one that's going to come out. Resident Evil Degeneration came out in 2008. Uh, that's the one that stars Leon and Claire. So I guess that was the first of the CGI movies. And then after that, in 2012, there's Resident Evil Damnation, which starred Leon and Chris Redfield, um, which had some pretty dope CGI. You know, corny... I guess John Woo esque uh, type scenes, which, you know, I ate that shit up. I'm not even going to lie to y'all. And then in 2017, Resident Evil Vendetta, um, which, no, this guy looks a lot like Chris Redfield. So I'll take that back. And Damnation, Damnation didn't star Chris Redfield. It had some Chris Redfield wannabe who's not Chris Redfield that was in it. The cover art threw me off. It was Resident Evil Vendetta that starred the, you know, um, fan service cream boy fantasy of Chris Redfield and Leon Kennedy fighting in action together side by side. 
which uh yeah i'm not gonna lie to y'all i i did gig- giggle a little bit when i did see that okay um there was a manly giggle wasn't a wasn't a bitch giggle you know i don't know what a bitch giggle would be he <laughs> he mine was like <laughs> moving on <laughs> so now i guess somewhat kind of full circle from the first movie cgi movie Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, which at least stars Chris Redfield and Claire Redfield again. So, um, that's cool. They released some screenshots that look pretty in Jesus. It's like a screenshot that shows a dude that blew his head off with a shotgun. So, I mean, if you want to want to take a look, by all means, Jesus, it's Resident Evil for you, though. Um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope it has the same, you know, cheesy, over-the-top action like the other ones had because I did eat, eat that shit up. Uh, contrary to the, you know, horrible, atrocious dumpster fire uh, of movies that were the real, not even, I can't even say real, the the want-to-be-real continuation or branch of Resident Evil Starring Mila Jovovich, who's the director's wife. That's I'm not even gonna get into it. I'm just I'm just getting salty just talking about it. Anyway, um, looking forward to it. I don't think they nope. They just gave just 2021 coming to Netflix in 2021. So that was pretty cool. Then on the last of the uh, Tokyo Game Show aftermath more or less uh they did announce some very vague thing continuation of virtual fighter i think but i think a lot of people were like containing their excitement because it's like uh we don't know what this is but if it is what we want then yes but basically it's just a vague term virtual fighter cross esports so it's like Everybody's like, what does that mean? Is so is is Virtual Fighter getting remade? Is it gonna be a new Virtual Fighter? A port of Virtual Fighter 5? Just with a focus on um esports? It's uh yeah, I think it just people are just like confused as to what it is. So I don't know. I don't even know what it is. Um, I hope it's a, just a new one that I guess maybe they're using this as a pre-promotion type deal, like saying, Hey, the next virtual fighter is going to be esports focused maybe, but I don't know. At the same time, the light they're kind of putting it under, it seems like it's just a older Essentially, an older game being ported, most likely Virtual Fighter 5, especially since that was already ported to uh, Yakuza 6 and Kwame 2. So, yeah, it's weird. I could see it going a lot of ways, but hopefully, I think mainly most people just want a new one, um, you know, to take advantage of the graphical capabilities of next gen, especially and stuff like that. So, I don't even know, man. I'm looking forward to it as somebody who like was uh, mildly interested in virtual fighter that like kind of looked at it from afar. 
dabbled in it here and there. Uh, I definitely would be interested in like, you know, going full force and trying to really legitimately play this when it does come out. So cool stuff though, either way. Uh, outside of that, uh, this week, just, just weird stuff. Uh, this probably being the most weirdest we've seen in a while. Um, so, uh, insomniac revealed, uh, released a trailer for Spider-Man remastered for PS five, which is, you can either buy bundle with the miles Morales, uh, game, which is, I think the ultimate edition, or you could buy it separately. And I think you get a discount if you buy it with, if you buy it with, if you buy miles Morales first and want to get this game down the road, it is, I think it's discounted, but either way, uh, we didn't really know much about what this remaster game was, but then they did reveal it and, uh, little weird difference, uh, out of nowhere. So, um, Peter, Peter Parker's likeness, uh, was basically recast to, I guess, Ben Jordan. Um, trying to recall who the other, who the other person was. Let's fact check that. Um, let's see. Who was the guy? Trying to recall. Does not give his name. Basically, if you played Spider-Man for PS4, um, basically the main character's likeness was changed to basically Tom Holland. I mean, you could say it's Ben Jordan, who I guess is the motion cap facial model for this character but i mean come on now literally tom holland literally tom holland and spider-man remastered so yeah i mean there's side-by-side comparisons it's hard to deny as literally tom holland in this game tom holland should be suing because he looks just like tom holland in this game so um super weird i guess Insomniac said their reasoning was that basically due to the lighting of what we want to accomplish in Spider-Man for PS5, Spider-Man Remastered for PS5, we needed to change the model of Peter Parker. And they they made some other reasoning for it. I think uh, because of the mocap process or maybe the fact that they had to do it again or something that was their reason as to why they had to recast Peter Parker. So that just opens up even more questions as to like, well, if that's the case, then why would you, when you recast everybody else as you, and, and then yeah, I still don't understand it fully, but I think they were saying something about continuity as well in terms of like, I guess the inevitable sequel 
they want to stick with this guy. I don't know. Maybe there were some issues with the previous actor um, that, you know, uh, carried this role in PS4 version and they didn't want to. Maybe there's just some issues we don't know about or I don't know. It's just very weird of a, a very weird choice. So, I mean, at least reflecting back on previous, previous like facial remodelings. Uh, I think the, the latest one that comes to mind was, uh, Yakuza four where the one, um, police officer character, I forgot his name. He got recasted because of, um, drug, I think drug and alcohol abuse, uh, accusations or something like that. Um, so they straight up recasted him in the remake or remaster. Um, but yeah, this is just weird. And on top of that, which uh, a lot of people were actually complaining about, uh, understandably so is that he does look super way younger than, um, the PS four version of Spider-Man. So it's like, where does that kind of entail? He looks like basically more in age with, um, miles Morales. So yeah, it's just weird. It's not like a deal break or anything. It's just weird. It's like, a, this is why <laughs> that's the biggest question. Um, hopefully they, uh, insomniac releases some more detailed statement. I think they did actually, but it did still was very, uh, it was still very vague and like just just vague is the best way to describe it. Um, I think it was from Brian Intahar, who I believe is the director. Maybe I'm spelling insomniac wrong. Insomniac. Um, yeah, so Brian Intahar had a statement regarding the game. So he said, uh, today's news about the new Peter Parker face model has surprised some of you. And we at Somniac totally understand your reaction. Heck, it even took me a while to get used to Peter's new look. But as we discussed, the franchise's future and moving to the PS5 quickly became apparent that delivering even more believable looking characters made finding a better facial match for actor Yuri Lowenthal, who's the voice actor of Spider-Man, who's still the voice actor, uh, who we all love as Peter, a necessity. We care as much about this character as your attachment to him. So please know we didn't make this decision change lightly. As we did throughout the development of Marvel Spider-Man, we'll continue to read your comments, listen, and always be looking for ways to improve every facet of the game. At the same time, I hope you can trust us that this decision is what we feel is best for the future of the franchise and our upcoming goals. 
for this beloved Marvel character. So I guess I didn't really think about this statement, but it's like on top of that, which is kind of messed up. It's like they kind of subtly threw Yuri Lowenthal under the bus as well. <laughs> like it's like, well, if Yuri Lowenthal's voice wasn't so distinct or whatever, we uh we maybe wouldn't have to change this character model. Um, I don't. That's kind. That's a little. That's slightly grimy. At least for me, I interpret it as they're just throwing Yuri Lowenthal's ass under the bus straight up. So, uh, and I think Yuri, o- Yuri Lowenthal had a statement about it too. Um, what did he say? I think he, uh, just made a context about the current times. Um, <laughs> he's like, I just hope y'all are as fired up about voting and fighting white supremacy as you are about, uh, Peter Parker's face, which is, Hey, I, 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 utmost respect for that statement. I went ahead and liked it cause I forgot to like it. I think I saw it in passing. I didn't, uh, have access. So I liked it cause I agree. I agree with that statement. Um, not a huge deal to me personally. This is going to be a, just a weird, random choice out of nowhere, but in time, you know, get used to it. I mean, it does look like Tom Holland, so you can, you know, Feel that fantasy. All the Tom Holland stands can, you know, effectively, you know, enjoy themselves. <laughs> I guess in greater detail. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. I'm, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to. Um, what's the word like? factualize fathom uh come to terms with this decision i guess i don't know i don't know either way weirdness overall uh people are having a fit about it as well um well you know how gamers are unfortunately anything you know but i digress Moving on. Uh, Smash out of nowhere did a pre-announcement for announcement that happened earlier today for a new Smash character. And uh, man, well, I I guess I'd have to say I wasn't necessarily expecting this character, but uh, it ended up being Steve. Well, I guess the main character, Steve from Minecraft, but there are echo versions of him, uh, including, I guess a girl named Alex zombie man, I think is the name. And, uh, I forgot who the black looking thing is, but, um, yeah, not my cup of tea, uh, not something I'd want, but totally understand it. Totally respect it. Considering, um, how huge Minecraft is. I think it still is the highest selling game ever of all time, technically. So, I mean, it only makes sense to include a Minecraft. Um, they show a little bit of the gameplay of what he will play like. He seems very, yeah, just, you know, Minecraft and Smash, I guess. Um, 
Yeah, I don't part part of me sees him being as a being a very troll like character where you know he just seems to have a lot of moves that will just annoy you more than like, you know, directly compete against, if that makes sense. So we'll see. We'll see. I Yeah. No he's no Travis touchdown, but you know, still holding out hope. They they may announce Travis touchdown next year to somewhat line him up with No More Heroes Three when that comes out, likely. Especially considering this whole angle with this season's fire pass being being influenced by Nintendo heavily. Forgot the term specifically, but they said something along the lines that Nintendo is heavily influencing the decisions of the characters this season or something like that. So we'll see. We shall see. But um Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's Minecraft. I know I think somebody some people just made like a left field announcement out of it or uh speculation or maybe there were rumors, I forgot, but Unless it is, uh, it is real. It is real. Uh, they're also having, um, they didn't show gameplay of what he plays like. I guess they said they're saving that for, um, a Minecraft stream or Minecraft fest or something like that. Uh, I guess their term is Minecraft live, uh, October 3rd, 730 AM Pacific, 1030 AM uh, Eastern. So, yeah, Minecraft. Yeah, you wanna wanna fight Steve for Minecraft, huh? Wanna get wanna get uh? <laughs> I'm trying to find analogies, but I can't because I never played Minecraft. You wanna um just you wanna craft a whole like building and then kill somebody, huh? You wanna wanna get your little creeper and and drop it on people, huh? And that's all I got. All I got. Sorry. That's all I got. That's all the ref referential material I got. You try to make any joke with that character. Um cool. Either way. I, I'm I'm happy for fans of Minecraft. Um personally, yeah, I don't see myself playing this character, but who knows? I said the same thing for Villager, and I do kinda like Villager. Um uh so who knows? I don't, I don't know, but who knows? Um, I think there was one all, one tidbit as well. I'm trying to remember about this. No, I think that I covered everything. Yeah. So there you go. Minecraft. Steve. Steve from Minecraft is your next Nintendo DLC characters forgot how many characters we have left. I think five. I think we have five. Let me double check. I believe the answer is five. Uh, four. Okay. So we had Min Min, June, uh, Minecraft Steve coming presumably before November, uh, then four more slots left. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, man. Just thinking, just considering that they're all going to likely be a Nintendo influence. Yeah, I, f- I would. Is one of them has to be Travis Touchdown. I mean, he's just a hidden, just a hidden, um, cult, cult favorite amongst Nintendo fans that are mature. Um, I think they can make him work kind of like how they did Bayonetta. Just tone him down a little bit in terms of, you know, his <laughs> expletives. Um, and you know, maybe not so kid friendly tendencies, um, going by his previous games. But I think they can make it work. I think they can make it work where they can appease fans of of No More Heroes while, you know, staying, staying safe in Smash. We'll see. Four more chances for him to make it in. Um, yeah, we'll see. We shall see. Moving on. Um, Silent Hill 4 recently got uh rated which is a pretty strong indication of a uh release uh for pc so pretty much keeping that train going with metal gear solid one two um and now silent hill for the room i think a lot of people were curious as to why as to why um one and two well one through three are omitted. I think at least specifically for two and three, the source code got lost somehow, which is just a travesty. I guess hopefully game companies learn now to always keep the source code. Cause I guess from my understanding that that's, that's the basic foundation uh, groundwork of games and how they can be ported to other systems and stuff like that. So apparently that got lost. That can never be, more or less recovered uh, now. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of messed up. I, oh yeah, that I, I heard that obviously now after the fact explains why the remastered collection for two uh, on PS, PS3 and 360 were so horrible and atrocious because of that whole process. Um, We'll see if they um maybe somehow with some magic or foolery you fix that. I don't really see myself playing this again since I somewhat semi recently played it. Man, I guess like almost a year from now, which is crazy to think about because it feels like it, it was more much sooner than that. Um, I want to say I uploaded them. Maybe I didn't. Either way, that was a good time. It's that special season. Um. But yeah, pretty decent uh, Silent Hill. I, I definitely preferred two the most out of all the ones, the, or I guess, main quadrilogy, even though I don't think this technically counts as a, uh, in the, the original. No, I think this was the last Silent Hill made by Team Silent, which is the, the team that did, did make all of these Silent Hills or the main Silent Hills one through three. So I think this was their last hurrah technically, even though they're, I think they're rumored to be working on this rumored Silent Hill, if that comes to be true. So, um, yeah. So good on people. Maybe have not tried it out. 
I'm curious, and I guess that goes along the same lines with the Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 games, if they've been improved from the P- previous PC ports in some way. I, I would hope so. But, yeah. We'll see. We shall see. Next topic. Uh, Seems like a lot of people, you know, obviously in the press and stuff, are getting them pre-release. Series X's is what is the plural? Series X's, I think zero zero X series. <laughs> that's a tongue twister. Series X's in the in the public wild at least. It seems like there it's a a prototype unit, not the actual finalized product. But um, yeah. Seems like a lot of people are revealing a lot of the press are revealing like loaded times, the the actual capability of um quick resume, which is the one of the biggest, I guess, marketed features, which lets you in theory play a game, immediately jump to another game, immediately jump to another game, which with very minimal time in between compared to like, you know, the Xbox One, which generally takes a good while and you can't necessarily do it on the Xbox One. You can somewhat do it on the PS4, but I think only with one game at a time. If you switch between a game and like a media app, you can do that. But if you switch from game to game, you have to close the game you're already in to the other game. So uh, from what everybody's like showing, it seems to be pretty damn fluid, uh, pretty quick, um, like under 10 seconds. It seems like you can jump from game to game. I think I forgot the limits, but I think it's like, I think it depends on the type of game. If it's a Xbox one, uh, game versus a series X game. But from what they showed, it does seem to be pretty powerful and you can cycle through a lot of games. Like I think six is the max I've been hearing. So that's pretty cool. I don't really see myself using that because I'm generally, yeah, like I'm generally a one to two game person. I just don't like the concept of jumping through multiple games at once. I guess technically for multiplayer games, I could see that being a, being feasible where like I'm jumping from, you know, call of duty to halo to gears. So there, there, I think I, I can utilize it to some extent. So either way, the capabilities there, if you're that type of person that I don't know, (laughs) I guess maybe somewhat ADD esque where you don't, uh, um, you know, focus on one thing, uh, like to focus on one thing at a time, uh, in a lot of instances, um, I could see it. Uh, they also, well, some other info they detailed about, oh yeah, people were praising the controller a lot in terms of how great that is, um, how much of an improvement it is from the, uh, current Xbox one controllers, which is crazy because I feel like Xbox one controller is one of the best controllers known to man. Um, and the fact that they were able to improve even further upon that is kind of crazy. Uh, thinking about that, uh, I think they like the bumpers. Now the D pad, they, they say it's a lot better. Um, so yeah, that, uh, at least having some foresight, I feel like that's gonna like, give me a pretty big first world problem. (laughs) 
where, you know, I invested in a uh, Elite Pro 2 controller, which will be compatible with this one. But then it's like, ah, now the capabilities of the new controller versus the Elite Pro 2 controller. How am I going to, how am I going to weigh, weigh the options? Because, you know, convenience over, you know, latency. I hear there's like some technology that in theory will improve latency even further than the current gen also. So it's uh pretty, pretty bad. I like how I'm making it out, making this out to be like a huge problem, but it's really not <laughs> a huge first world problem, but it's very, probably very minuscule, but nonetheless, pretty cool either way. I don't know. I probably see myself just sticking with my elite pro two controller and hopefully they fix the issue where, um, super weird issue with the Xbox one. I don't know if it's the elite controller or the Xbox one, but Basically, if I'm playing a game, very sporadic, where I'll be playing it for a while, and then I'm playing it, and then uh, controller just gets disconnected. And uh, it, but the controller itself shows that it's on and can I presumably connected still. So then I have to hold the button for like three, four seconds to get it to sync. So while all this is happening, I could be you know playing Call of Duty. I'm just immediately stopped, and then get my ass shot because my controller want to act, don't want to act right. Then there's the issue with the, that I ha at least has been more apparent now is, uh, the reliability of the bumpers as well. So I feel like sometimes the bumpers will sometimes go twice or register twice rather than once. In some cases can't really talk about the face button since I just use the paddles mainly, but there's been reports about that. This has been an ongoing thing since the Elite Series controller, Elite Pro 2 controller came out, um, which wasn't, uh, I don't know. It didn't seem to be an issue at first, but now it's starting to become more of an issue. So decisions, decisions, man. Decisions, decisions. Trying to think of any other details they talked about. Oh, yeah, they did test out... Um, copying data from a series X to uh external hard drive and vice versa. And from what they're showing, it seems to be pretty damn viable. If you want to, you know, ignore the $220, um, SSD proprietary SSD for the Xbox one, that basically will increase your storage. Um, that way, which says <laughs> if you've got a series S, and then wanted to get that, you basically have a Series X um, in terms of price price uh, you're paying. But either, even though you could still utilize and utilize like an external hard drive exclusively and then just, you know, um, I guess the only scenario where maybe a problem if you like to play a lot of games at once, which I just don't see a lot of people being that way, but maybe it's just me. Um, that you can, you know, easily just get a pretty beefy external hard drive, plug that in the Xbox one or Xbox series. Ugh, that is just horrible naming, man. Still revel at the, the fact that they, how they name this, but either way, uh, you could still utilize the memory transfer between both devices pretty reliably, I think. So 
we shall see as it's out in the wild. But uh, yeah, um, I think like a lot of the people are kind of under embargo in terms of what specifically they can talk about regarding the console. But uh, overall, I do appreciate Microsoft for like at least doing this, exposing the people, giving, letting them provide their hands-on uh, impressions about the console before maybe, <laughs> well, I guess there's not really much room to be on the fence about it. It's pretty much you either want it or you don't. Because if you want it, you probably got it already. But if you don't, you well, you don't. But if you're late to the to the train, uh, that train is pretty much gone now, considering all the pre-orders and stuff like that. So either way, I think it is insightful for people that may be on a fence about one one or considering getting one and things like that. Um, the interface, at least from some of the people showed, looks very similar to the current Xbox One. Uh, at least if you're in the um, what is it called? The beta, the beta program, I guess. Insiders, that's their term. The insiders build, which I have. The interface looks a lot like what I guess I assume is gonna look like for the Series X. I'm not sure if maybe they're gonna deviate off that, but I'm interested. I'm interested either way. Got my spaces. Got my spaces ready. You know. Uh, had to make room, you know, for my, my girlfriends when they get here. So don't want to leave them out, leave them out in the, you know, out desolate. <laughs> uh, let me stop. Um, yeah, so I think that pretty much concludes all the news for this week. At least that stood out to me. So let's get into what I've been up to gaming wise. Um, man. So modern warfare. What's regrettably going to be the last season, uh, dropped this past Tuesday, been, uh, putting some decent amount of time into that. Um, I think there's been some issues where I've been crashing and, uh, the weird thing is I did this both on PS4 version and the Xbox one version. And they both seem to crash similarly. Like after two, three games, the game would immediately crash, which is very weird. It's a technical issue. I guess they, they've been aware of currently aware of now and they're working on, but, um, that is a thing for people that may be curious that do play modern warfare. Um, new maps are pretty cool. I mean, broadcast, obviously that's been in Warzone and, I think some of some of the ground war maps, um, but you know, it's it's fine. It's broadcast. I mean, I, you know, it's a map that premiered and called for that I've been kind of used to. So it is what it is. I would have preferred Overgrown, but you know, Infinity War doesn't want to listen to me, even though I keep yelling in the ear. Bring back Overthrown. Bring back Overgrown. Not Overthrown. Overgrown. I don't do that. Um, maybe if I did that, they might have put it in. You know, hey, <laughs> all right, switch. Okay, we heard you. <laughs> all right, switch. We've heard you. Okay, overgrown. Coming to Call of Duty Modern Warfare next week. Like, yes, I did it. No, <laughs> so that's a very delusional world I'm living in. Um, so yeah probably next call of duty or next modern warfare might see that that'd be cool. That's probably yeah, of the 
older maps that I would have liked to see. Um, pretty much most of them made it. Definitely Vacant was one of my faves. Um, Crash was pretty good. Um, yeah, Overgrown was probably the only other one that I really, really wanted. Um, Backlot. Is it Backlot? I think it's Backlot. Um, but hey, there's always next Call of Duty. I'm pretty satisfied with the map selection. Not too many maps that are like, uh, I want to skip this. So that's good. Um, yeah. Outside of that, uh, just been trying to rank up. Rank up, uh, didn't get any of the new weapons yet this season. Um, I played like one Warzone match because, which is the annoying thing, how like segmented they have the downloads for the game in terms of having to, well, one, download the patch for the game, but then you have to download the multiplayer pack for the game. But it's like, why can't you just bundle those together? Um, mainly PS4. Xbox is totally fine. They seem to do that automatically, but PS4 just want to just be difficult to be difficult. Um, but I digress. All in all, still, man, still playing Modern Warfare a year after almost, I guess. Um, or close to a year anniversary uh, before it's shortly retired. It's going to be sad. Uh, honestly, personally would totally love and not have an issue at all. If they, if they extended modern warfare a whole nother year in terms of just the same content cycle, uh, I totally would eat that shit up, but you know, Hey, Call of Duty got to make more money, so they got to make more money. And I must still buy Call of War like a sucker, even though I'm still on the fence about it. But I digress. Uh, also, beat near Automata this weekend. Uh, so I know I played it like, and it feels like maybe back in April-ish, May-ish, I want to say, where I beat the first playthrough and then, you know, after you beat the first playthrough, the director provides a message after beating the first playthrough that they strongly suggest that you play the other playthroughs of the game. So at least initially for me, that kind of, that kind of turned me off a bit, knowing my experience with the first near and how much of a, of a grind it felt to go through each playthrough where it just wasn't enough enough um variability i guess in terms of the playthroughs like it the only what it felt like the extent it was in terms of difference in playthroughs is that uh for the playthrough you get a little bit more backstory about some of the places you visit and the story behind some of the bosses and stuff but that was pretty much it like you could generally get that gist through the first two playthroughs, but then they wanted you to do a third and fourth playthrough, I think. And then I think even a fifth one, I was like, no, I'm not doing a fifth one because it was very dependent on some conditions or something like that. But either way, there was all these damn playthroughs that you had to do. And then from there, um, they just didn't feel justified in devoting your time to essentially. So 
that at least with that preconceived notion I had after beating this first playthrough, um, I was like, eh, um, no, I'm good. But I hear like the, the total, you know, praise and, uh, just overall just praise and, you know, I guess fervor about this game in terms of everybody playing it. So I'm like, it was in the back of my head, like, okay, at some point I'm probably going to come back to it. So I did, uh, actually go through it back through it and do the, the other playthroughs, I guess, technically they're, uh, it's hard to get in. Well, I think it's safe to spoil at this point. It's been set three years since the game came out. So, I mean, warning if you never played near automata and care to play it, but spoilers, 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 uh, I'll try to be as light as I can, but you know what? No, fuck that. I'm, I'm going all in. It's been three years. Okay. If you haven't played it by now. What are you doing? All right. Um, so yeah, there's like one, two, one, two, three, four, five technically playthroughs. But what I definitely like a lot more about this near compared to uh, the original near is that the playthroughs are totally more varied and like worth playing through than the original near, which felt more grindy than it should be. So with, with that being said, like the second playthrough you play, uh, there's the uh, two characters two B, who's the main character and then nine S who's the guy, the little kid looking dude, uh, that is like her companion partner. So in the second playthrough, you actually play as nine S who is generally fairly different than two B and she, he, um, he just has a whole unique, uh, different, um, characteristics about him compared to two B in terms of combat. I guess the main ones that he can like hack machines and stuff like that. And, uh, that's a pretty cool, like mini game and aspect where you, you can like, even in some cases kind of get by on some enemies that are more difficult where it's like, uh, do you want to fight them or do you want to hack them? And in some cases, like I prefer to just hack them cause it's easier that way. Uh, but either way, it's just a nice little spin on a character. So with that being said, uh, the second playthrough you do play as nine S and then you basically go through the same cadence, uh, basically essentially the same playthrough as two B, but, on top of that, you also get the kind of like the first near of the additional cutscenes of some of the boss characters, some of the locations you go to actually telling you about, uh, the backstory about like, you know, kind of how these, um, you know, bosses came to be characters came to be and stuff like that, the trials and tribulations they're going through and stuff like that. So that in of itself was pretty interesting. Still a little on the fence about like I'm, I'm, I'm in, in foresight of thinking I'm like, am I going to have to do this like four, five, six times again? Uh, but thankfully after I beat playthrough two, uh, it totally changes drastically, which it's hard to even call it another playthrough. Cause it's, I consider a playthrough going through the same game again, but in this, it's kind of, I guess, subjective depending on how you interpret it. But it felt like a continuation of the first two playthroughs essentially. <laughs> so 
the third playthrough is basically a continuation of where the first playthrough left leaves off. Um, and then from there, it's like a full, it like just continuates after that. So it's not necessarily a, another playthrough again, but it like continues the story forward after that, which I appreciated and it kept me more engaged. So there was that. And then pretty much after the end, uh, after going through those, um, there's man, I have to respect it though. Like kind of having some time to reflect on it after doing it. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, and you know, a lot of deep meanings and like things you can kind of dissect and like, um, dissect and basically just think on generally. But I mean, I think that's uh, another big interesting point about this game is that it touches on a lot of, well, I guess one, not commonly touched on topics and two, very, I guess maybe what's considered taboo stuff that a lot of games don't necessarily go out their way to touch on. So I guess the main one is like, I guess existential existentialism where, you know, basically just contemplating the meaning of life. Like, why are we here? What's our purpose here? And things like that, like a very philosophical angle with a lot of stuff where it's like they make you turn your head to a lot of stuff in terms of like, cause like a lot of the angles with, with a uh, near, even a first near really is like robots trying to emulate humans. And then in turn us trying to like debate what actually humanity is, what determines being a human outside of being a human physically, like, you know, Cause a lot of these robots, like <laughs> I forgot, like, like maybe like first couple hours in a game, like you walk in on these robots and these robots are like, <laughs> they trying to fuck each other and it's like just dry humping each other. But it's like the, tr they have the tendencies of humans. So it's just it seems off, but it's at the same time, it's like, it just makes you think it, think it contemplates like, yeah, I mean, like really outside of that, they're essentially just like us in terms of, you know, one, uh, have the same desires, aspirations as humans, but not actually being human. But it just is, it was fascinating. Just kind of like thinking and contemplating that, like, yeah, like outside of humanity, what makes us human? So it's like, Probably some real deep stuff. Like if you, God forbid, if you like smoking weed or something and playing this, you might, you might go off on a, you might go off the deep end, <laughs> but yeah, just interesting stuff like that. Um, ah, uh, yeah, it's some sad stuff too, man. Like when you think about it, uh, just in the context of, you know, the previous stories, it's like, I'm spoiling, but I still want to leave some imagination for people to play it. But I'd say the biggest takeaway, and I understand why this one like game of the year, uh, I think in 2017, a lot of game of the year awards is that at the end, the actual end, um, I think it's okay to spoil, but I said it's I'm spoiling to some extent anyway, but at the end, 
uh, end in E, and that's another thing. There's like, tw- well, I guess 26 endings, but a lot of those endings are, I think, what, 20, 21 of them are like joke endings or like not really necessarily endings, but like goofy endings per se, where if you fail at a particular instance, it's registered as an ending. Um, that end in E where basically after you fully complete the story, uh, when the credits roll, you get an opportunity to say, uh, we can restart humanity or something like that, uh, with these robots that are like the partners and companions of nine S and two B, uh, we can start humanity, uh, by resetting everything. And by that, they also imply that we'll erase your complete save data, which was a thing for the first year too. Um, we can completely erase your, erase your save data. And, uh, do you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? Uh, they ask you a lot of times. And if you agree, your save data will be gone completely. Uh, you technically will never want to play near again. Um, uh, but when you do that, something that's really meaningful about that is that when you're going through the credits, the credits are like a shoot 'em up credits thing. Like, I guess kind of close to smash in a sense, but way harder and annoying. Uh, so you get to a certain part where you're trying to, you know, go through this perseverance type deal, which I guess is from like some of the theory, uh, analysis I've been looking at on YouTube and stuff. They talk about how this is kind of like a, what, uh, somewhat of a accurate representation of what the characters in the game are going through that you're playing yourself. So you, you go through these shooting segments. It gets gradually harder to the point where it's like insanely hard to even fathom, like beating it yourself. And when it gets to that point, it asks you like, do you want to give up? And they keep telling you like, man, you should give up. Uh, man, this is hard, isn't it? And you know, uh, if you keep going, uh, you actually get help from people that have also deleted their saves to get to this point. And then the game is way easier. And then you finally get to the ended part. And then it seems like the cycle resets again, uh, for the characters. And then, you know, that's near automata. Essentially it's a lot more to it than that, but I'm trying to be on the surface as much as I can. But, um, it's some trippy type stuff going on in this game, man. Um, as the more I reflect on it, the more I realize how like powerful, like the statement they, they made when talking about this, um, or, you know, going through this whole game and people's experiences going through this whole game. Um, it is some crazy stuff, man. It's a lot of stuff that a lot of people haven't done that. I think this game does wonderfully. Um, that I am glad I actually did push through and play through the game now, knowing what I know now uh, about the game. So I do recommend it if you're into like uh platinum games, you know, uh platinum beat 'em ups, slash 'em ups, uh with uh RPG elements. There's a lot of that too. There's some hidden bosses that I'm like, uh no, I'm I'm good on I don't want to spend that much time. And there's whole chip system, which kinda is somewhat similar to Dark Souls in a sense. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, game is game got pretty difficult towards end too, to the point where I had to knock down the difficulty to easy, 
I would have kept it at normal if there was achievement for it, but I was like, eh, it's really no achievement for it. So I'm not really gonna, it's not really worth it. I'm just trying to get to the story mainly anyway. So, um, yeah, if you, uh, you're a masochist, I think there's a lot in there for you as well. Um, in addition, uh, so yeah, man, near automata. Yeah. That I see why the game has gotten the praise it has gotten now. Looking forward to the uh, the uh, remake of the first one coming out. They, I think they talked about that at Tokyo Game Show as well. Um, they showed a little bit of gameplay. I want to say I talked about that uh, last episode, but either way, there's that. A little bit of Among Us in there still. Uh, you know, <laughs> that game is, is pretty fun. It is gets kind of ingenious when you think about it. Uh, well, you know, even though the game has been out two years already and just caught fire, uh, recently, but still enjoying that playing a little bit of, uh, that with various groups as well. Uh, but man, probably the biggest takeaway from this week, I have to say earth defense force five, my God, that game is great. I've only played five missions and I love that game so much already. Um, man, man, EDF. So I guess for people on the outside, that have never maybe touched an EDF game before. It's, I guess the best way to describe it, which is sadly accurate. Cause I, even though I don't want to put it in like a category, but I essentially is, it's basically Earth Defense Force is the Musu of shooters, the Musu of third person shooters. I think that's probably the most accurate statement you can make in terms of trying to get somebody's understanding of Earth Defense Force and what that is. Essentially just millions, thousands, probably let's be realistic, probably thousands of thousands of enemies, uh, in this case, uh, bugs and animals on screen at once and you're shooting shooting them, uh, like to an overwhelming amount where you're shooting them all, uh, to basically, you know, I guess defend the earth essentially. Um, but man, just, just the very subtle, uh, nuanced stuff I think is, is what actually makes the game that much more enjoyable because of that, uh, because of the detail and, um, especially in this one, Cause it's like, it's funny because like the earth defense Four, uh, the graphics were, uh, you know, not the best, but it's, it's kind of ironic with this one. It feels like the graphics are what the graphics should, should have been this whole time for earth defense force, which I mean, Hey, uh, better late than never, but there's that. They also added a run button to earth defense force now. So now you can actually run, um, like just a uh, straight under uninterrupted running, uh, which is very useful for like picking up items because you know, like when you finish a earth defense force level, uh, you have a certain amount of time to get weapons and items, which basically increases. So if you pick up armor on the map it increases your armor, uh, limit. Uh, so basically you're rewarded for playing more missions and and difficulties and stuff like that. Uh, the same goes for weapons where you, 
the harder the modes are, the more rare and powerful the weapons uh, will drop or possibly will drop. So there are those factors to consider in, but uh, be considering it's like you're on a huge ass map, uh, it's a lot of ground to cover. And it's like, at least in Earth Defense Force 4, it will take like forever to get to like particular locations, like with going to enemies if they're on a different part of the map and stuff like that. But I think Earth Defense Force 5 really does um, make that more accessible by adding that running, just by adding that running mechanic alone. It feels kind of cool to just having a sense of just speed, kind of like similar to Gears of War in a sense, where you know you you have a just a greater improvement in mobility. And I think that another thing I didn't really test out at least is that you can spawn weapons now where uh, vehicles, I mean, where I think you could do that only in certain missions on EDF4, but I think now it's kind of somewhat of a mainstay. So that's been good so far. Also, um, just the single player aspect of this game alone is pretty great. Um, at least the first couple levels where like you're introduced um, in a standard tutorial sense where they haven't really done that in the previous Earth Defense Force games, I don't think, but it feels like a straight realized like story based game, if that makes sense. I mean, going off the previous Earth Defense Force games, it seems like they were more so not necessarily story focused necessarily, just more or less uh, pick up and play. Not not really much lore to it. It's just like, hey, it's all these monsters and aliens coming to the earth and we got to defend it. What are you going to do? That's basically it. But this one, it, I feel like they're like going somewhat triple A with, you know, voice acting and like the story and like just the whole run through like a like what I would expect from a triple A game, at least, which is pretty dope. I, that took me off guard and I was very like delighted by that, actually. So thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying that very much. So, so much of uh, the shooting, just all the subtle like shooting and um, dismemberment of the enemies, like I guess mainly ants and stuff. It's just been very satisfying, more satisfying than four, I feel like. And that might be added to the presentation of the game in general. But goodness, Earth Defense Force, man. Five is it, man. Five is that stuff that I'm really thoroughly enjoying. Can't wait to go, man. I kind of, yeah, I'm probably might hop between that and Call of Duty. I'm generally want to, uh, at least what I normally do is try to max out on Call of Duty, do all the challenges, and then go and start playing other games. But who knows? I might jump back and forth. But from what I played, man, ugh, that is that game is just so up my alley. Not even, not even to mention. <laughs> Not even the I, I I can't even believe I forgot uh, the freaking um hilarious hilarious um dialogue between like your teammates and crew members. It's like <laughs> just random stuff that like what <laughs> what are you doing? And a lot of B movie like just corniness, which just works so fucking well with this game, man. Um, freaking um, so like. I guess an example, like I was, you know, just playing a game and then like some crew members were saying like, uh, what, what's the best condiment, uh, mustard or ketchup? 
I don't know. I think ketchup. You know, just like, all right, just out of nowhere, we're fighting just huge ass aliens trying to defend the earth. And you just want to talk about mustard and ketchup. But, you know, it's like just be just how much it's out of context makes it that much more funnier. Um, and then just <laughs> just random struggling between the between the crew members like I have no more ammo. That was my last clip. <laughs> just <laughs> oh man, it is corny on the most charming level, and I cannot stress that enough. That uh I am totally in love with this game, man. Five missions in, like barely scratched the surface. I'm totally loving that game already. So uh Earth Defense Force Five, man. Uh, if you if it's on sale, I say at least. Try it out. Just try it out. Cause it's uh uh it's uh if you're in a corny B movie corny B movie like I don't even know the best way to describe it. I ain't, can't even think of a movie I've even watched that could kind of even accurately describe this. But if you like shooting like a lot of monsters, maybe loosely close to the satisfaction you get from Monster Hunter. Earth Defense Force is where it's at, man. It really is. Ugh. That game is so great, so underrated. Such a shame a lot of people probably haven't really jumped on it. I think it came out in Japan like two years ago. <laughs> it's funny, I had the port but never actually got around to playing it. Then I found out this was coming out. The US version was coming out. I was like, oh, well, I guess I have to. I'll just wait for the US version. And um, yeah, so I think it came out like last month either last month or august i think august it came out and then went on sale actually shortly after that but uh, highly fucking recommend earth defense force man uh it's just great on just the most i think intentional but it comes off as unintentional ways if that makes sense uh, i'm sorry i can't i could i could keep going about this game but i won't that's that's enough gushing over Earth Defense Force for now. I think I've I've conveyed my point. Play more EDF, EDF, EDF. Right. Now I I do have to say maybe that's one possible negative, but I think that's because of the story mode maybe. But uh, one downside, I may have to severely uh, downgrade my uh, recommendation for this game is the fact that it says um, you have a dialogue wheel, which you can basically say a lot of very stuff like freaking like a uh, warrior um, soldier chants and stuff like that, uh, you know, for EDF. But uh, normally when you say EDF, normally your teammates behind you, they yell it out to like uh, some hardcore soldiers as they should. Uh, you know, I say EDF, 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 and everybody's saying that. But uh, at least these four, these five missions so far, they did not they did not uh, reciprocate my yells for Earth Defense Force and fighting for their country or, you know, their federation. Um, so, I mean, based off that fact alone, uh, that actually is one possible negative that I have yet to uh, test out and further, uh, you know, dissect. But uh, if that is the case, that would severely um, degrade my. Uh, rating so far for earth defense force five i think it's the 
the story mode content where basically I'm seen as a civilian more than a member of their force. I'm not sure maybe if like this game has a super in-depth like story mode type deal where actually they maybe my character dies in there. I'm actually in the hands of a actual Earth Defense Force member where that I guess in theory should change, but that is yet to be determined. So uh, I will report back likely next week where I'll presumably play more of that because it is so great, which I feel like I am because it is so great. Uh, again, uh, play EDF it is great. Try it out. At least it is great. EDF EDF. You're welcome. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's, <laughs> uh, I think after, uh, that gush session of earth defense force five, I think that'll conclude episode 75 of switch sites. Um, if you're listening to this podcast on your favorite podcasts and platforms, feel free to uh, like, rate, subscribe. Uh, any feedback is appreciated, good or bad, um, on your favorite podcasts and platforms. Uh, if you want to catch this podcast live on uh, Twitch TV slash a switch, where I do uh, record this podcast live every Thursday at four to 5 PM, ideally roughly if the world does it, uh, fuck with me. If that makes sense, <laughs> the best way I could describe it. Um, what else? Um, if you, uh, prefer to watch, watch this podcast or the archive on, uh, after it's gone, you can always, um, catch it on youtube.com slash a switch where I do upload the archives from Twitch to YouTube, um, as well. Uh, generally the day after I record, uh, in the same way as, um, the cadence of the podcast. Normally I get it out by midnight tonight, generally. So, um, if you have any questions you'd like to submit to the show, feel free to submit them at a switch TV at gmail.com as well. If I get enough, I may start reading them, uh, for a segment of the show. Um, is that it? I think I have covered everything. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at a switch where I do, uh, talk about games and gaming related memes and Yakuza and maybe some booties and boobies in between. I am sorry in advance. If my likes show up on your page, just disregard, pretend they are not there because, uh, Twitter may one day listen to our prayers and stop exposing me for, uh, the man that I am that appreciates booties and boobs. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize. Uh, I am a man. All right. I, I just, I am just a man. <laughs> I feel like that's a presidential statement or somebody made that. I feel like a president made that like statement at some time. Okay. But this was, that was for me. That was not from any like loosely osmos, osmosed, osmosized knowledge that I may have possibly gotten that I'm not have direct recollection of recollect recollection of okay i'm sorry sorry very much in advance 
Um, outside of that, I think that pretty much covers it. Um, yeah. Uh, hopefully everybody stays safe. Um, with this spooky season, uh, hopefully people just don't be the, well, you know, I already see it. A lot of people are going to be dressed as Corona and be scary or people won't be dressed as Corona, but we'll have Corona, but not have masks and that'd be just as scary, if not scarier. So pick your poison, I guess, but no, I'm not in any way condoning people to go out in public with no mask saying, ah, I'm, I'm dressed as Corona. Cause you don't look like that. You, I mean, I'm, I hope you don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just saying, put on a damn mask. That's essentially what I'm saying. All right. You know, just put on your damn mask. Fuck. It's crazy too. It's like over a million people now that are, um, have died from this thing that people pretend it's not there. Don't want to acknowledge, I guess, but I digress. I digress. Till next time, guys, um, don't cough, put your damn mask on. Don't touch people that don't want to be touched. Get your game on. Oh yeah. Nobody's safe.